It's news from heaven. Do you see God as a sun or a moon? Hey, what, how are you doing? What, what's your sign? Do you see God as a sun or a moon? Where are you going? Why, why would there be this distinction? What does it mean? Swedenborg does report that you can, in this spiritual world, you can see God as a sun or a moon. That may seem strange and far away, but if there's something occurring in that world, there's a meaning behind it. It means there's just two different ways to think about God. And also has it tie into the role of the sun and the moon in the earth. I'm intrigued. I've done my job. I've intrigued myself here. And how is this going to give us some kind of insight or tools or leg up into clearing the mind? Don't I always here draw a sun, right? Isn't that the symbol of help and aid and everything that's good out there? When we talk about these clouds, why, why, why are dark clouds a good metaphor for confusion in the mind? Because what do dark clouds do? They obscure the sun. So the sun is like this healing and truth, and it's always there, right? The clouds are this little illusion that the sun's not there. The sun is so many gazillion times bigger and more massive than any of these clouds. So we've got a good metaphor there. But what happens when, yeah, this sun, you know, it's behind us. For whatever reason, we've turned away. Well, there is still this, isn't there? The craters and stuff. Isn't there the moon? And what's the moon doing? It's reflecting the sun. So this is this is going to be ripe with correspondences, or rife with correspondences. Okay. Let's see what we can do to help ourselves out here. This is Heaven and Hell, 117. Swedenborg's book, Heaven and Hell, 117. You can download that for free and follow along and read the stuff before and after, do the whole thing. I'm just particularly interested here in starting halfway through 117, or a third of the way, two-thirds of the way, anyway. Heaven's Son is the Lord. There you go. And that's sort of our theme for this week. Heaven's Son is the Lord. When I, when I, I think when I draw the sun as an image of God on this show, I don't think anyone bats an eye. There's a part in your soul that thinks, like, yeah, the sun, that's a good symbol for God. But this is getting pretty literal. Heaven's Son is the Lord. What do you mean by that? Light there is the divine truth and warmth the divine good that radiate from the Lord as the sun. This is what correspondence is. In our world, we've got, yeah, it's not just light. It's also warmth. And I don't remember how that all works with wavelengths and that kind of thing, but we perceive these two things as very distinct because it can be a bright day, but it can be really cold. And it can be overcast, yet very hot and humid. These two things are essential. And they affect us in different ways. They affect life in different ways. The, the light goes directly in to photosynthesize. It, it gives you the literal fuel for life, for, for powering life. It's the fundamental base of the food chain source of energy for life in the biosphere. But then you've got this warmth, which is more of this, it's not like, it, with ectotherms, like reptiles and amphibians, it's funny, for them, light and warmth, I know, I'll get, I'll get to a point at some point, but we have, to, we have to parse this out, because if he's telling us the Lord is the son of heaven, and what the Lord does for heaven, the sun does here on earth, we've got to explore, okay, the thing we can see and know intangible is what's on earth. So just let me think about these lizards and the sun. Would you give me a second here? Because I was going to say, for a mammal, which includes us, 
Oh, now that breaks down. Because I was going to say, for okay, for plants, it's they drink the light directly in. And the warmth, though, creates this condition. They're not like sitting there getting all their warmth from the sun, but it creates these conditions un- under which they can operate. Well, especially mammals, we can generate some of our own body heat, right? We think we don't, it doesn't matter how the sun's shining in. But if you had no sun warming the earth, we couldn't generate, we can generate our own body heat when the temperature is pretty close to favorable. Okay, you have these two things, light and warmth. We could just cut that part out. Don't really cut it out. What does it mean spiritually? Light there is the divine truth, and warmth is the divine good that radiate from the Lord as the sun. So like you have light and heat here, you have truth and good. Everything that comes into being and manifests itself in the heavens is from this source. We will discuss the light and warmth and the things that arise from them in subsequent chapters. Here we restrict ourselves to the sun. So like here, I'm saying, how do you get plants? Well, without those bits of the sun, those little photons going in to start the process of photosynthesis or carry it through, you wouldn't have any plants. And if you didn't have the warmth, and then there's like quite literally this stuff we were made out of, didn't it come out of exploding suns and stars? So somehow you take that process and apply it to, that's that's how the things of heaven and the things in the mind and heart, which are coming to us hopefully from heaven if we're tuning our life in the right way, that's coming just as literally from God as the Son of heaven. The reason the Lord in heaven appears as the Son is that he is the divine love from which all spiritual things come into being. And through the agency of our world's Son, all natural things as well. So... Somehow they're linked. You know, the God, Son, and Heaven is what powers all the physical stuff, which we're talking about our Son here, but Swedenborg was well aware that it's one star of many, many stars. So how that all lines up, somehow God has this divine love radiator works through these physical things. Like there are uh, delegated not even delegated, but using physical tools to create physical things as more he's more directly creating spiritual things. That love is what shines like the, like a sun. Don't you say, like, let your light shine, that, that, that there is love itself. When you look at the power intensity of the sun like what could it be in there this nuclear (laughs) nuclear fusion or fission i think it's fusion that is creating this intense energy what is that insane energy that's love you might think of love as it's like soft and it's great when you're the right distance away but the, the the powerful core of god is this like megaton explosion of love as for the Lord's actually appearing in heaven as the sun, this is something I have not simply been told by angels, but have also been allowed to see a number of times. So I should like at this point to describe briefly what I've heard and seen concerning the Lord as the sun. What's it actually like? The Lord does not appear as a sun in the heavens, but high above them, and not directly overhead, but in front of angels at a middle elevation. Okay, you get that here in different months. He appears in two places. Okay, here we go. Do you see God as the sun or as the moon? He appears in two different places. One for the right eye and in another for the left, 
noticeably far apart. Isn't it strange how we perceive life through this stereoscopic system where close one eye, close the other eye, you see something differently and it's putting these two images together that gives you a three-dimensional living picture of what's around you and that there are these two primary elements that come out of God, love and wisdom, and that it's the joining of those two that make life in usefulness. So we, it's meant to be that we have these two different and these two different hemispheres of the brain that perform these different functions and unify in one you. So we have these two pictures of God, and they're made for these two different places. For the right eye, he looks just like a sun, with much the same fire and size as our world's sun. For the left eye, though, he doesn't look like a sun, but like a moon, with similar brilliance, but more sparkling, and with much the same size as our Earth's moon. But he seems to be surrounded by many apparent lesser moonlets, each similarly brilliant and sparkling. We did a show called What God Looks Like About This. Uh, there was this cool near-death experience where somebody saw the same thing. A moon with little... For some reason, there's like a little Saturn-style moon that he says the Lord appears as. we got to read more. The reason the Lord appears in two places so differently is that he appears to people according to their receptiveness. I don't know what he's talking about, how you would perceive the Lord in front of one eye or the other. Is he literally closing his eyes, or can he see both when usually people only see one? I don't know. But we are getting to why, isn't God one thing? Can't you just see God and that's what God looks like? A God appears to people according to their receptiveness. Is this why people have so many different pictures of what God is? So he looks one way to people who accept him through the good of love, and another way to people who accept him through the good of faith. Two things coming out of God, you can orient your acceptance towards one or the other. To people who accept him through the good of love, he looks like a sun fiery and flaming in response to their receptivity. These people are in his heavenly kingdom. Okay, so if you're going to see God as the sun, and we could bring this back into our lives, and think about the difference, pause, think about the difference between the sun and the moon, and how you can be seeing God as a sun or as a moon. The sun, well, let's start with the moon. The moon, gorgeous really, really majestic-looking thing, dynamic. You know, you see it change. You see it go from full waxes and wanes. And it, it's cool in the daytime, if you look up, oh, this, the moon is there. It looks awesome. At night, oh, there go, there's the moon. It's cool. It's, you, it's hard to miss when it's up there in the sky. The sun absolutely shapes everything. The, the appearance or disappearance of the moon has no effect on temperature. It, it can have some effect, like a full moon versus no moon night. You can see a difference. But the sun, we, we, you know, day and night. The difference is day and night. So how can it, you can be walking around. Can't God be like a moon? Where, and this is, this is not exactly the application he's talking about here, but I'm sure it ties in. Where, oh yeah, there's an idea. I have an idea that, that God exists. And that's like a nice idea for me. And, and you know what? I believe it. And it's there. And I'm living my life and going about. And oh yeah, God, when I look up, I, oh yeah, there's that God. Is it? But when God is the sun, like God is what dictates your day. You get up and sleep when the sun goes up and down. The sun is what warms you. The sun is what allows food to grow. This is like the sun is everything. So how do you... React to God as a son, 
It's when you're accepting God through love, the good of love. So when, when it's not even this, primarily this, oh, what, there's an omnipotent being, and that being could do, it's, I am driven, I, I absolutely worship love. Like when love says to do something, that's what I do. The more I can learn about love, the more I want it to direct my steps. That's God as the Son, and that puts you in this heavenly kingdom, which that is people who accept God directly, and accept not, okay, because these concepts check out, because it's the right thing. It's the right thing. What God is wanting to do is the right thing, and I want to follow that. To people who accept him through the good of faith, though, he looks like a moon, brilliant and sparkling in response to their receptivity. These people are in his spiritual kingdom. It's not bad, and you need both kind of people. But the moon is, this is more of an intellectual acceptance. And, you know, the moon is the one that has this tug on the oceans, which the oceans are this correspondence to factual knowledge. There you, you can, the moon can be really brilliant and really gorgeous and really moving. And it's something you can meditate on. It's different. And, but it's, it's something intellectual. So this is when we, we understand. And that's like, it's still the biggest thing, you know, besides the sun in the sky. It's the clearest. It's the most moving and striking, so it means something, but it's a way of embracing, oh yeah, that makes sense, the good of faith. So, oh yeah, I'm following these principles, and these principles tell me I must do this. And that's when the love is, and in our in our own situation, I love this idea that the moon is, is shining the sun's light. It's a reflector for the sun's light when you can't see the sun. So when we don't have that love, present, and we're not motivated by that, and we're not getting those feelings, you still can remember. You still can know intellectually this is where we're supposed to go, and that's like seeing that moon when you need it, which is really cool. And it makes even more sort of, you know, you got this sort of, uh, you got this romantic picture of somebody's like in the desert, and the moon is there, and it's really bright, and you're, you're communing with it, and the idea that that's like, yeah, it's dark around us, mostly dark, but you got these little stars and you got this moon reminding you that there is good, that there, there is love and the, the, the morning is on its way. How often are we looking up at the moon and if there wasn't that moon, you know, we couldn't see it all at night. The moon is, because the sun, when it's night, the sun can't help you directly. When it's night, the sun has got to reflect off of the moon. So that's why you got to keep this faith. The reason he appears to the eyes is the deeper levels of the mind see through the eyes, looking from the good of love through the right eye and the good of faith through the left eye. This is why, by the way, off the left eye, we can't give you love. We can't make you love something. What we can do is, as Swedenborg experienced when he had this covering rolled off of his left eye or an appearance of that, a symbolic kind of thing, we can do is try to give you the concepts, help build up your moon, and then the connecting to the sun, the, the right eye stuff. That's yours. You, you go do, no one can do that for you. You see, everything on the right side of an angel or one of us corresponds to what is good and yields truth, while everything on the left side corresponds to the, that truth that comes from what is good. The good of faith is essentially truth that comes from what is good. So it's not just, even that is, like, you might, that may all just sound like terms, but if you're saying the good of faith, that is the positive things that come out of your beliefs in this, right? The truth that comes from what is good. And, man, we could spend a million news from heavens on that end part. About, oh, there's these different sides of us, and one yields the other, but always these two are interlocked. The truth and good 
are absolutely this unity that has this dynamic two-part nature to it. So I would say while you're hanging out and you've got your dark clouds, notice what's available. You know, is the sun there? Is, is love there? Is it undeniable? Is it just something you can feel on your skin? Yeah, this is, I'm happy, I'm hopeful. Or is it the sun's not there, but I can remember things, I can think of things, I can be moved by what I know is right and true. And embrace both, and I think you'll probably, and, and do we embrace God emotionally or intellectually? It's probably different for each of us. And that's fine because you always have to have, you lose your right eye or you lose your left eye, neither is good. And the two working together, isn't that cool? The, the two working together is what gives you this actual picture. So you look at the grandest scale in the, these two heavens, the spiritual heaven and the heavenly heaven are working together to give this picture of, of reality, of God, of what's right and good and true. The human race as well. We need people from both sides, whatever, however you want to break it down, left brain, right brain people, intellectual, emotional people, whatever it is on whatever sides of whatever issue, you got to bring the truth and love together to get the full picture. So the question is not so much how do you see God, but how can you make the way that you see God, sun-like or moon-like in this particular state, drive you towards the common truth of both, which is to, to love the human race and act through wisdom to, to serve it and serve the common good. That's the news from heaven. So whenever you're feeling something cool, and so I've just filled you up with a bunch of words and like, let's face it, not very good drawings. Go look at the real moon. Look carefully, find ways to observe the sun. Look at the sun's light on things. That is an actual correspondence. So everything moving and gorgeous about those celestial bodies is telling you something about the way we can accept God. And just let that play out. Let that play out in your life. Think of all these different insights that I didn't cover here that can pop up for you. So now, whenever the sun or the moon is around, you can be getting this little lesson on the nature of God. And that's pretty good perpetual teaching mode to be in. Hope you enjoyed it. If you want to support us, we're a not-for-profit. We can only do this stuff if you go to offtheleftcom slash donate and make it happen. Thank you so much. Can't wait to see you on our next whatever show you click on next. And I really hope you take this out into the world. Leave us a comment. If you do, let me know what you're doing with it and how you're bringing a little more sunlight or moonlight in into the world. Thank you. 